Welcome to the Yoga Teacher CEO Podcast with me, your host, yoga teacher, CEO, and business coach, Della Wheeler. Join me as we combine strategy and soul to elevate your yoga business with ease. Welcome back to the Yoga Teacher CEO podcast. I know it's been a minute since our last episode. I got sick and it just took me some time to catch up and record a few episodes for you all. I'm really excited about this episode. I'm talking to my friend Maria Fowler. She and I have been colleagues at my local yoga studio for a pretty long time at this point. Maria is truly a magical teacher, and I'm really excited for you all to hear her wisdom and just her amazing personality in this conversation. When I asked Maria to send me a little short bio for this episode, she sent me this quote, one conscious breath in and out is a meditation. That's from Eckhart Tolle. And once you hear Maria talk, you'll see how indicative this is of her love for the breath. She says, yoga doesn't have to be fancy, complicated, or advanced. Just one conscious breath, and we've already begun to find our way to center. So after 15 plus years of practicing yoga, It continues to bring clarity, peace, and joy into Maria's life. She's a firm believer in the mentality that yoga is for everybody. She enjoys teaching several different yoga modalities from challenging vinyasa to gentle chair yoga and meditation. She's a 500-hour Yoga Alliance registered yoga teacher, and she has 2,000 hours of teaching experience. She currently teaches group and private classes as well as 200-hour training courses at Yoga Landing in Chattanooga, Tennessee. I think you're really going to love this conversation, so let's dive in. Welcome, Maria. I'm so happy you're here. I feel like I have to say that we've already done this once and that we have to do it again because we're going to just, it's going to feel like deja vu, you know? We're yes, just going to say the same thing. Transparent about that. <laughs> yeah, I think it's very important. We'll just be vulnerable right at the start. Authenticity—it's it is what it is. Um, so before we get started, I do want to ask you, like, what's your journey with yoga? How did you get started in yoga, and how did you decide to become a teacher from there? Um. So I started practicing yoga. I mean, gosh, I would say it's been maybe like 17 years ago. Um, That's crazy. But like not serious, you know, just playing around with it because there were no studios in Chattanooga where I lived. There was nothing. Well, there was, there was. But um, at that time, I kind of felt like it was a party I wasn't invited to. It was different and weird and I wasn't there yet, Um, which I think everyone's experienced that at some point in their life. (laughs) Definitely. So um, I was just playing around with it and yoga is sneaky. You know, you don't realize that it's changing you and doing something to you. You call it your workout at first. You're doing it to compliment. I was doing it to compliment my run or 
you know, cause I was bored and in the woods while my husband would climb stuff like that. And then mm-hmm. it slowly started to like shift things, you know, mm-hmm. and shortly after my daughter was born, um, well, it was a year after my daughter was born because she had really bad colic and it was a nightmare year. And I was, I was just a wreck. I didn't sleep for 365 days. It was terrible. So when I came out of that, um, I was just broken, you know, and when you come out of something, you're just different. And so I was trying to find my way back to myself. And I, went back to the studio and was practicing after taking a full year break, because when I wasn't sleeping the seven minutes a day that I was allowed to sleep, I was crying. So I didn't have any time for yoga. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, I just was different. I didn't know what to do to like find myself or fix myself. And that's when an email went out about yoga, you know, the 200 hour yoga training. And I've immediately was like, that's so dumb. Why are you even thinking about doing that? You know, that negative Mm -hmm. self-talk. And I I, I think I remember mostly thinking you're too old. And I was 30, I don't know, 34 or something like not too old. (laughs) (laughs) So, I mean, I asked a couple of my close friends, like, do you think it'd be stupid if I did this? And it was not to be a teacher by any means. It was, I just thought maybe I would find something that was missing. So long story short, went through the training at the end of it. I just magically somehow ended up teaching, but that was not my (laughs) intent. (laughs) I want... Yeah. So I think it's so interesting how I feel like so many people get consistently into yoga at a time when they need it the most. That Mm -hmm. seems to be the case for so many people that I talk to, especially teachers that are like, I was just at my wits end and then Mm -hmm. I knew I needed something. And this was kind of the answer to that. Yeah. I mean, everyone turns to something in those broken moments. Like, thankfully it wasn't you know, alcohol or, mm-hmm. you know, some other, you know, coping mechanism, you know, it was, it was yoga. I was like, something is not right. I do not, it was weird. It was like trying to fit a puzzle back together, but I was not my former self. So it definitely opened up these secret doors to life that I didn't mm-hmm. know existed, like to that depth in life and everything was just prettier and more magical and better. And I was certainly a better version of myself. Yeah, definitely. That is, I think that's the case for most of us. So I'm so glad that you found it. And now I'm glad that you're sharing it with other people. You're one of my favorite teachers. So I was like, I have to talk to Maria. (laughs) Sweet. Thank you. Yeah. So what the one thing that I notice when I'm in your class and something that you and I have already obviously talked about um, is how confident and calm you are in front of the classroom. And I think that newer teachers, they come to someone's class and they're like, how are you doing this? Is this just how you are? Did this come naturally to you? And so I'm curious, like, how did you deal with some of the regular nervousness and anxiety that comes with teaching, especially when you were first starting? 
Well, first of all, I, it's so funny that you say I sound so confident and I I mean, that was fake for the first two years. (laughs) Um, and it would be funny when uh, people after class would be like, oh, you know, you're, you're so, you sound so confident. You aren't nervous at all. And I was like, I'm about to have a panic attack. Like, I don't know how you're not seeing that. Um, you know, in the beginning, uh, and it's why it's so important that you have a strong practice. I would say the very key thing, and even now I do it, um, is breath work breath work on the whole entire drive to the yoga practice. Um, Mm. My favorite for really stressed out moments is inhaling for four, holding for four and exhaling for six. Mm -hmm. And I just keep that going for as long as I can. And in the beginning, I think I started the breath work like the night before. So breath work is definitely key or else you'd walk in like a crazy person all scattered. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. And then being over-prepared, which has honestly been um, my lifelong coping mechanism for anxiety and stress. I am over-prepared and early for everything. (laughs) Yeah, I'm the same way. And I think, but I think that there's so much like gold in there because first the breath is it helps you but then also it's like the greatest gift that we can give to our students don't you think i mean the very best i mean if you do nothing else in life if you just change stop for a minute and do some breath work it's mm-hmm. it's such a shift such a huge it's impossible not to be changed some way when you do mm-hmm. breath work. Yeah, just even noticing that you're breathing. <laughs> it's so know, I simple. Like, I, you know, I, it's funny, people are shocked when I say this, but I smoked cigarettes starting like, you know, in high school, all the way through high school, you know, and then more of a social smoker in college. But I think that that's why smoking was so delightful. I mean, I loved it mm-hmm. till the moment mm-hmm. I quit, right? Yeah. Um, because you stop everything you're doing And for three solid minutes, you take deep breaths. Unfortunately, you're inhaling tar (laughs) and poison, but I think, I think that's why you take a break, Mm -hmm. you pause and you take these deep breaths. And when you realize that you can get that delightful, let go and grounding moment, and you're just, you know, Mm -hmm. without cigarette, Mm -hmm. you know, yeah. Um, I don't know if you're going to cut that out of this podcast or not. <laughs> Probably not. <laughs> it's just real, right? It's real. It, it, it is it's what it is. Pause. It's the pause and the, you know, stepping back from all the busyness in your life. And mm-hmm. you know, when you're preparing to teach, stepping aside from that ball of anxiety and nervousness has got you just racked. Mm-hmm. Um, and on edge, um, just stepping aside and removing yourself from, you know, from that for a moment to ground yourself and have a successful class. Yeah, definitely. Do you feel like that that's one of the only things that you do, or is there anything else that you recommend for a teacher who's starting out to just calm down and kind of get grounded and get yeah. present? Well, I mean, I think you know, we're all so different that different things are going to work for different people, except for breath work. That's going to work for everybody. But, Mm -hmm. 
you know, it's like, what is it that calms you? You know, I mean, I think we all have different things, but I do, you know, going back to that being overprepared, like if you are trying to remember your sequence and you're nervous, like bless it. I mean, my goodness, <laughs> it's, it's not going to be a pretty sight. So to really um, do your practice that you're going to teach physically in your body. Cause that's one way, you know, that um, muscle memory. So do the physical practice and then write down the practice. And in the beginning, I wrote mine down on a, um, it was, re it's really funny. It's like one of those art notebooks that's mm -hmm. 14 by 16 or something. <laughs> Cause I was so nervous. I couldn't even turn. I was like, I can't turn the page. I can't turn the page in the middle of teaching. So I would lay this massive I might as well put like an easel <laughs> up in front of the classroom. And I don't even think I looked at it ever, but it, just knowing that it was there made me feel better. So in the beginning, mm -hmm. bring your sequence, write it down. Who cares? No, if it's a good class, nobody cares if it's written down and you're looking at it. Mm -hmm. And then now I'm so used to it that I don't bring it, but I still write it down. So I do it, I write it. And then the whole way down to the class, you know, do a little bit of breath work and then I say it, mm -hmm. say it over and over and over again. Cause saying it really, it like locks in that final piece of memorizing it. And then mm -hmm. once you know, I've got this doll, I've got the sequence memorized. I am prepared. I think that takes a whole piece of the stress away. You know? Yeah, it definitely does. I love that. Do it, write it and say it. Those are three things that I definitely did as a newer teacher as well. And I feel like doing it also, it's, it also makes you see whether or not it's a good sequence or not, you know, whether like sometimes works. you're like, this doesn't really feel that great. So we probably need to change a few things before we write it down. <laughs> <laughs> I fully agree. I mean, there's times when you're doing it and you're like, I think we need a half pigeon right now, you know, Yeah. And add in things or take out things that don't feel good. So definitely the my, my very best classes are ones that I got really into and they felt really good. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And you can definitely feel that as a student too. That might be why I like your class so much is because when we do that random half pigeon, I'm like, oh, this is exactly what I needed. This is what I wanted. <laughs> you notice the random half pigeon, right? In the middle of yeah. the flow. And those are the moments yeah. I'm like, oh my gosh, I've got to stretch this hip. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. And that's, that's truly like students are going to be like, wow, she's like reading my mind because you did the practice already and you know exactly how it feels in your body. So that's, that's a really great piece of advice for new teachers and then writing it down. Yes, definitely. Cause there's, sure. I mean, there, were, I have nightmare flashbacks of, <laughs> of being in the middle of a class and just totally blanking and uh, being like, what did we do next? What did we do? And that nobody knows because they're just, you know, in, in their it. own practice and they have no idea and just pausing and everyone looking at me for yeah. 30 seconds while I figure out what the heck we were doing. <laughs> I mean, the worst feeling. Every teacher, I mean, and <gasps> it's, it's rare that you just space. It's like your mind goes blank. Mm -hmm. And, um, I, I in those moments I'll be like, okay, guys, like, you know, you'll do something like right leg to the sky or, you know, put them in a down dog or hold them in a mm -hmm. pose for a little bit longer. And then after a while you're like, 
shit. It's not coming to me. Does anybody know <laughs> what we're Can somebody help me out? Yes. Which speaks to being authentic to, you know, I mean, Definitely. if you did that all class long, it would be a wonky, weird class, but every now and again, you for, you're human. Yes, definitely. And I don't think that anyone minds at all. They're just like, oh, she's just a regular person that forgot the sequence. And you can make a little joke about it and we can all laugh together. And then hopefully we figure out what the heck we're doing. I mean, yeah, not taking yourself so seriously. Like, I think it was last week or the week before that we ended up facing the back of the room. And I was like, how the hell did we get here? Like, this is not a part of the plan. Like, I had no way to like eloquently get everyone turning to the front of their mat. So I was like, all right, everybody stand up and just turn around. <laughs> yeah, there's no cute way of doing this. I have Let's no way of doing this. Let's just turn around. <laughs> That's amazing. And I feel like also I want to share that I was assisting Jessica's class on Monday. And for those of you who don't know who Jessica is, she's our studio owner and she's been teaching forever, like so long. And in the middle of class, she had she said something in kind of a confusing way. And some people were facing the back and some uh-huh. people were facing the front and everyone was very confused. <laughs> and she didn't even notice for a while. But of course I did because I'm just standing there like watching everyone. And at one point she's like, it's fine. It's fine if you're facing the back. Like it's it doesn't matter which way you're facing right now. And we all got through it. <laughs> You're like, it's going to be okay. It's not a big deal. Worse things have happened. Yes, definitely. (laughs) Very much. Definitely worse things have happened. (laughs) I love that. Okay. So I want people to remember to, to do it, write it and say it and say it is so helpful too, just to be able to get the words out of your mouth. Like, how are we going to say this? I mean, when you think about like people that sing in choir and they do all those vocal exercises because there are so like so many times you trip over your own words so saying Mm -hmm. things very clearly and concisely just kind of warming up your mouth it's a muscle um Mm -hmm. you know saying it so that you are clear and concise and people can hear you and your voice is kind of warmed up and ready to go that's very very important Mm -hmm. yeah and I remember something that we talked about last time is just common mistakes that newer teachers make when trying to be clear and concise. So can we talk about that a little bit? Is there anything when you go to a new teacher's class or someone who's trying out to teach that you see commonly? You know, the main common things, and I feel like these are the comments that I put when I do the 200 hour teacher training and um, it's about halfway in and they get up and they all do like you know, five minute sequence. And I feel like I write down the same three or four things for every single person. And I'm guilty of them myself. Um, The main thing, I think the one that's the most frustrating to the student is the cueing of a pose before you call the pose. So, um, you know, when you're moving through a sequence, just say, you know, lift your right leg to the sky, warrior one instead of you're going to step the foot between the hands seal down the outer blade of the back foot i'm like but but where and you can see people's <laughs> feet like dangling in space and so it's just so annoying it really is my pet peeve when i take a class because you're held hostage like just mm-hmm. tell me where to go and then 
you can pick apart the pose for me, but like, mm -hmm. tell me where I'm going. And it, it just calms the students' minds. It makes them feel like, you know, like you're the leader, you're holding space for the class. So call it, be clear and concise and just get them there. Like, I know where we're going. I've got you, I'm getting you there. And then mm -hmm. once they get you there, I'll tell you how to get in it better, but just always cue the pose first and take out that. And then we're going to step bar. And now we're going to turn, just turn to the right or warrior one, warrior two, mm -hmm. peaceful warrior. I mean, the most I'll ever say is, and I do it a lot is inhale, exhale. With which the, I think that's great. Which you're doing too. at the same time, you know, like mm -hmm, mm -hmm. inhale peaceful, exhale side angle, inhale five pointed star, exhale mm -hmm. goddess. So just get them right into the pose. Um, yes. That's the main thing. Um, and I kind of mentioned the other thing is the, the added words like, and now we're going to those transitional words. Mm -hmm. No, we don't yes. need any transitional words. Just cut them out. Yeah, I totally agree. I feel like unless you're doing it intentionally for some reason to make yeah. them more mindful or mm -hmm. I don't know, but still I don't really, I never, I'm just like, let's just say the pose. And then if we need to add anything else in, we'll add that in because it does, like you say, it does make you, it makes the student feel like this person knows where we're going. I know where we're going. No one's confused really, unless there's a totally new student in the class and they can, they're going to be confused no matter what, probably. So I, mean, I think that's yeah. the best. <laughs> Someone might be confused, but most people probably not. Right. Um, I mean, I totally agree with that. It's, it's calling that. And even if you're not like a super confident teacher and you don't know where you know, you're going necessarily, if you just call that pose, you're going to give them that feeling that you do. Mm -hmm. So less is more, call the pose. You don't Definitely. even have to cue if you don't want to, but just call the pose and call it with the pace of the breath. So you get this lovely rhythm and it is naturally soothing to the student. Yeah. And that's such a great piece of advice for new teachers as well. It's just simple. It is what it is. Yeah. You don't have to do anything else. It will be successful. If you have a nice flow, mm -hmm. you cue the breath and you just cue the poses. Yeah. You don't have to say anything else. Yeah. You can just <laughs> deep, deep breathe with the class as you flow. And mm -hmm. I think that's the key to getting through it. You know, at least those mm -hmm. first 60 <laughs> terrible first classes that are so stressful. Yes, definitely. And I remember I'm recalling a class that we did with someone who tried out at the studio and she did that. And it was so magical, especially for, I think there were three of us in the room who are pretty seasoned mm -hmm. teachers and students. And it was so refreshing to have someone not say anything except Ugh. for what we were doing. And like just I'm to breathe. thinking of it. It's so delightful. It really was. We were all like, you didn't say anything. And it was amazing. Um, and I think I remember afterwards, she was like, I felt like I should have like, but I was like, you know, paralyzed by fear. So I just didn't say anything. And we were like, that was the best part. <laughs> it was great. It was perfect. <laughs> Um, you know, I'm like newer students do like a little more talking. I, I, I do understand that, but still, you know, um, unless you're teaching like a beginner's class, 
I think it's always mm-hmm. okay to just be quiet. Yeah, I definitely agree. And there's there are ways of, you know, you can do the sequence with them if you feel like it might be confusing. And that is always helpful too, to have a visual. For sure, yeah. Yeah. Okay, so what do you do when life happens, which it does for all of us, especially these days where we're all kind of <laughs> I, don't, I don't even have a word for it. I just okay, have noise. noises. We just make noises about it. <laughs> so what do you do? I mean, because you're, you know, you're a person and you're a yoga teacher and those go together and they also, you feel like you have to kind of have it together and feel yeah. present and, and confident, even in those moments where you're really just not feeling it. So yeah. what do you do then? Well, and moments where you can like prepare for it, you know, like if you, you know, have like a death in the family or, you know, one of your, you know, animals is passing away or something like when my dog Holly died before Christmas, like I did not teach for two weeks because I knew that I was a hot mess. Like I couldn't even talk to my neighbor without Mm -hmm. bursting into tears. So there are some times when, you know, you've got a little bit of forewarning, you know, and it is best to kind of step away and allow yourself to heal. Cause I mean, it is about self-care and I feel like yoga teachers, um, you know, we push ourselves and, um, you're thinking about the student always. And you do, I mean, if you're not, if you're not in a good place, then it's hard for you to help someone else get there. Mm-hmm. Um, but then there's the, you know, just general last minute, crap that happens in life Mm -hmm. or just a busy week or a crappy day. I mean, we all have them. So I would go back firstly to, you know, the breath work to calm you, um, on the way down. Um, those are days where I'd be quieter in class, Mm -hmm. um, because I'm just in that mood and I'm not going to share. I'm going to guide you through the class. I'm going to be really grounded and breathe on the way down. And I'm just going to have a quieter, more kind of pensive, kind of introspective class um, because I'm not in a place where I need to really open myself and let all that craziness pour out, you know? Yeah. So I'm breathing with you and I'm, I'm with you. I think that's the big thing about teaching. Like I'm not above the students. I'm not more evolved. I'm not necessarily in a better place. I'm, I just happen to be guiding you through your practice, but I'm with you in it. So mm-hmm. I'm in the shit with you. And chances are someone else in the class is in the shit too. Mm -hmm. So we're just all breathing together. And that connection that you find in the studio setting, you know, you can't walk out not feeling better. So there is a part that it's almost um, like a counseling session and the class lifts you up and it's just a quieter day, you know? Mm -hmm. And then there are times when, and I, we talked about this before, like I got some really bad news and I was crying and I'm like, crap, I'm like walking in this class, I'm crying. I can't find a sub in 60 seconds. Mm-hmm. So, um, and those moments, and it's rare because people don't come to class to hear your crap. Um, I was just like, y'all, um, I just got some bad news. I'm kind of a mess right now. Would y'all mind if we spent like the first full five minutes of class, just grounding down, like laying on our backs. I think I gave everybody like a bolster and a blanket. We got all snuggled up and I got snuggled up with them and we just 
in those five minutes, I was like, okay, I'm all right now. I mean, I'm not great, but I can I'll guide you this. this path. And I can't imagine anyone was like, absolutely not. <laughs> yeah. I mean, no one threw their, you know, blanket at me and left. So you yeah. know, there are times we're just being authentic and real um, is, is the way to go, you know, just sharing. Mm-hmm. So just finding that balance. Like when is it okay to be authentic and when do you just need to be quiet and yeah. let the class kind of lift you up and carry you through it? Like, mm-hmm. and know that you're in it together. Definitely. Yeah. And I think that it's, it's so great. Sometimes when I feel just crazy at the beginning, I'll just lay down on my mat too. And I'm just up there, like, I'm going to do this first little piece with you and then I'll get up once I have my shit together, <laughs> just a little bit more. <laughs> I mean, and I mean, I can't imagine anyone caring, you know, that your their eyes are closed. They're not thinking about you. They're, they're trying to ground themselves. Exactly. Yeah. A good song. And like, let's all just chill together for five minutes before we get mm-hmm. going. Yeah. So. Yeah. In the end, it's like, it has nothing to do with you as long as you can just guide, be present and they get it. I mean, we're people. I love that because I think for so long at the beginning, when I first started practicing, I thought every yoga teacher was, they just were up here on a pedestal. Yeah. And now I'm like, oh my gosh, (laughs) what was I thinking? Balanced together person. And you're like, oh wait, no, they're just, they're the same, same as us. They just happen to be teaching Mm -hmm. a yoga class. Yeah. 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 Sometimes I even say that in class. I'm like, I'm crazy too. That's why we're all here. <laughs> it's okay. This is true. Yes, for Definitely. sure. Yeah. That was such great advice. I love it. Okay. Awesome. So my last question is for new teachers, what is your like number one thing that you want them to know today? Well, um, I would just say to kind of get out of your own way. You know, we talked a lot of a little bit more on the last um, little podcast that we did, but I think there's such a loud, like the loud voice that we hear all the time in our head saying that you're not good enough to teach, you're, you don't know enough information, everyone's going to laugh at you, it's going to be a terrible class, like all that the chatter. It's so loud and it's like, if I could describe it, it's like at the front of my head, you know, it's like all in my head. It's very cerebral. It's, it's not anywhere in the body necessarily, but it's very loud and annoying. And, um, when you get quiet enough to listen to like the soul speak, like deep, 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 like for me, it's kind of in the back of the heart. It's definitely housed in my body it's a quieter voice, a deeper voice, but it's really calm and it's very clear. Mm-hmm. You can't argue with it. Um, and that's kind of the voice you have to listen to to get through all of the nervousness and, to, and start to ignore all the chit chat in mm-hmm. your head. Um, and I think that voice is gonna, that's the voice that guided you to the mat. It's the same voice that made you sign up for your yoga training, even though you were like, what am I doing? This is crazy. (laughs) And it's the same voice that told you, yes, I will take this class and I will teach, Mm -hmm. you know? So that voice is the one that got you there, there very clearly, very Mm -hmm. calmly. 
So just kind of get out of your own way and let that kind of soul um, part of you teach the class. And, and if that's where you're teaching from, then, then you'll be fine. Yeah, definitely. And I feel like that all that chatter is sometimes what stops people in the first place. Like, I wonder how many more yoga teachers or, you know, artists or whatever that call is there would be if we actually listened and set aside the, the bullshit. I know. And it's just, it's a constant play in your head it's like never ending this like you know that it just drowns out the clearness of that kind of internal you know um intuition like the seat like the seat of your intuition and and what the words and this this voice that comes from where your intuition begins i guess mm-hmm. is the voice that got you standing in front of that class so you're yeah here. so keep listening definitely yeah. and and teaching from that place is so powerful too i think mm-hmm. and i think there are moments where we we teach from the other place and it just happens totally. but when you get to teach from that little voice mm-hmm. or really i guess it's the big one <laughs> Um, it's like magic. It's magic when you teach from that place. You feel it. And you walk out totally yoga stoned, Mm -hmm. blissed out, you know, just like your class did, like totally connected. It's an amazing feeling. You walk out, you just like want to drop the mic. (laughs) (laughs) That's great. Yes. I love it. Yeah. Cause there's, there are moments when I'm like, what am I saying right now? And I just go with it. You know? I, know. Like, I didn't plan this at all, but I'm just going to go with it. The best. Those are the it best. is. Yeah, definitely. I love all of that advice. It's so good. New teachers are going to love this. Oh, I hope be so. so grateful. I hope so. Just like get out there and do it. You got it. Like you big, got big this. little voice. Listen to the big little voice. Yes. And knowing that there are so many teachers who like you have been teaching for a really long time that have had that period of just, this is so difficult. This is, makes me so anxious. Mm-hmm. It's totally normal to be in that place. We and did like, not just stay with it. Don't quit. Cause then you got to start over. I think yeah. that's I didn't quit. Cause there's no way I was going to start over again. Definitely. Yeah. And staying consistent is what gets you to that place of, okay, I think I can do this now. (laughs) It's coming out of my mouth now. (laughs) I mean, I feel like two years in, you're like, I've got this. I mean, I know that sounds like a long time. It's not the whole two years isn't full torture, but Mm -hmm. two years in, I mean, do you feel like that about the two year mark? That's how I felt. Unless you're, you know, just a crazy, charismatic, outgoing, confident person who thrives on public speaking. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which I do not think is most people. I would, I would, I think most of those people are like probably superstars, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, yeah, definitely. Stage. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I, yeah, I totally agree. Yeah. Thank you so much. Thank you, Della. Thanks for listening to this episode of Yoga Teacher CEO. If you're loving the podcast, leave a rating and review. Wanting to dive deeper? Check the show notes for additional resources for your personal and professional growth.